These are the tips, the freaky tips. These are the tips that I tip so well. These are the tips, the freaky tips. Welcome back. We have a very special uh, edition episode. Here's what happened today. Today, PBC and Showtime announced their full schedule for the next six months. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick podcast, 30 minutes or so, breaking down everything. And rather than have Leo, Tom, one of these other guys, if I'm leaving you out and you're disrespected by that, that's okay. What we're going to do is we're going to open up the line to um, anybody who wants to. And we got a group of people here in the Discord listening to us at the moment. And they're going to ask questions. They're going to voice their opinion. They're going to say what they want to say about Keith Thurman. Not saying no names, but I know we got a big Keith Thurman hater in here. So that's what we're going to do for uh, this episode. And um, hopefully it's not a disaster. Hopefully these guys really bring it. I don't want to have these guys on the ropes like Max has Stephen A. every day on the ropes. So let's get into this. First of all, we have Charlemagne the God. He was doing the emceeing, announcing essentially PBC. Well, actually, he didn't announce it, but he was there um, emceeing the event. Jimmy London Jr. comes out and he does the, um, I guess, the announcing of the, the fights. Now, here's the first thing that was a little odd is that they included as part of their upcoming schedule a fight that just happened but let's ignore that so here's the slate of pbc boxing show on showtime 2018 uh earl spence jr versus lamont peterson for the ibf title with robert easter jr versus javier fortuna on the undercard now heading forward a fight we already knew about danny garcia versus brandon rios a wbc welterweight title eliminator that will be in las vegas debating if i go to that one on the undercard David Benavides rematching Ronald Gavriel for the WBC Super Middleweight Championship. That's the youngest champion in the sport. March 3rd, Barclay Center in Brooklyn. Deontay Wilder versus Luis Ortiz. And there's a lot we could say about just seeing these two in person right next to each other. But we'll talk about how Luis Ortiz looked like an old man later on. That's for the WBC heavyweight title. Jamal Charlo versus Hugo Centeno Jr. for the WBC interim middleweight championship. That'll be on the undercard. The following week, Mikey Garcia versus Sergey Lipinitz. That's an IBF Junior Welterweight Championship. That'll be in San Antonio. They got Rancis Bartholomew versus um, Creole Relic on the undercard. That's for the Super Lightweight Championship. And um, very likely, the winners are going to fight each other, but we'll get onto that later. Also, kind of weird that it's Junior Welterweight World Championship for the Garcia Lipinitz fight. And then for Bartholomew Relic, it's the Super Lightweight Championship. April 7th, Arizlandi Lara will face Jarrett Hurd. They will unify titles at 154. April 21st, kind of like a which one of these is not like the other. Adrian Broner versus Omar Figueroa with Gervonta Davis's return being advertised as the undercard for that one. May 19th, Keith Thurman is back in Brooklyn. He will be defending um, two of the welterweight titles. May 19th, Adonis Stevenson will end his uh, perhaps the longest streak in boxing of irrelevant opponents by facing Badu Jack for the WBC light heavyweight title. June 9th, a fight that I'm really excited for because it's happening here in LA. Leo Santa Cruz will face Abner Mars. That'll be a rematch for the WBA featherweight title. Jermel Charlo back in action on the undercard. And then the crown jewel of the PBC stable, I would think. June 16th, Errol Spence Jr. back in Dallas. And the rumored opponent is Pedro Ocampa or Carlos Ocampa. I can't remember. I, I mixed it, mixed the two of them up. So anyway, 
just some initial thoughts. I'm really excited for a lot of these fights because a lot of these fights, at least on paper, are 50-50. Now, Broner and Figueroa is not like these other fights, and we know that Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios is, is like a let's get the confidence back kind of fight, but all the other fights, you can argue, they're mostly 50-50 fights, except for the Garcia Lipinitz fight. That's clearly not a 50-50 fight. Let's open it up. Who wants to go first? And we will, you can ask a question. You can state your opinion. Uh, let's have Tony. Tony, let's hear what you got to say. Uh, I'm pretty happy with the schedule. It's just those uh, few fights where they don't have an opponent named. It makes me feel like they're going to be a garbage opponent if it's not worthy of putting it on the list. That's a that's a really good point. What leads you to believe that we would get a garbage opponent? Well, given the history of some of Heyman's previous matchups, you know, like Rod Salka, if there's no hype for the fight, you're already announcing the headliner, but not his opponent. That makes me think the opponent's not going to be worthy of getting hyped up. Well, in the de- in defense of that Rod Salka fight, that was a pure, that was a move made with basically PBC on the horizon, and they were not going to risk anything going into the, the PBC venture. And that explains why Danny Garcia fought Rod Salka. That wasn't because they didn't think Danny Garcia could beat anyone else. There was there was a legitimate reason why Danny Garcia got a super soft opponent. But I want to throw to O-Rod, who's right here, and he got something to say to you, Tony. Um, I think he, uh, Tony, you you know, keep defend yourself at all times. That's all I'm going to say. So O-Rod, what do you got to say to Tony? Not really going to take any shots at him, but I feel like the TBA... Like, pretty much matchups are going to be uh, Keith Thurman versus Vargas. Uh, Spence probably versus his mandatory. I think the Mexican dude, Ocampo. Uh, Davis probably going to be whoever the IBF orders for him. Billy Dibb. Billy Billy Dibb, I think that I've seen that name. He's a murderer. And then pretty the much the only one that's left in the air is Charlo, the one at 154. I can't really think of who he could face with Lara and her just unifying. And Vargas yeah. uh, versus Thurman is a very bad fight. Thurman should win that, but coming back from surgery, it's a it's the right fight, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he, this guy he's he's got a pretty bad injury, and I've talked about it on the podcast a bunch, so I don't really want to you know waste everybody's time by telling you something you know. But I think the injury was in a it was in a spot where you do need to take it slow, and it is going to take something for him to come back to basically being where he was at before, because you know a lot of power can be taken away from not having a functional elbow. So I, I think Vargas is a good opponent. Um, and it, especially because Vargas can, he can fight. This isn't like he's fighting uh, Rod Selka. Vargas can fight. So I, I'm not too, I'm not unhappy with that opponent. Some of you might be, but I'm not unhappy with that, especially given that Thurman also is going to be coming off from a pretty lengthy layoff. Now you could blame him for that for sure. Uh, let's move on. Who's who wants to go up next? Yeah, just real quick, uh, I want to say, you know, I hope I'm wrong that they're not garbage opponents, but you know, just waiting to see. All right, thanks, guys. Um, and just so you know, the 154 pound mandatory is Masiej Sulecki, who stopped Hugo Centeno, who will be facing Jermel Charlo. So if that's the opponent that Jermel Charlo gets in June, you you can't really go too wrong about that. Now, Tweed, do you have anything you want to say about Keith Thurman? No, I, I, I have nothing I want to say about Keith Thurman. Is it because you don't like him, or is it because he's, he's not he's worth your cool time? He's a cool dude. I think he's a really cool um, guy. 
I think he's very likable. Um, I think he's charismatic. Um, I'm happy for him. It, it just bugs me that, only, that he only fights once a year. And I know this past year has been injury, so I can't fault him for that. But fought twice in 2015, then then uh, like midway to, through uh, 2016, then midway through 2017, and then now midway through 2018 he will. And uh, a guy will probably retire at the end of this year or some shit. <laughs> and then uh, that will be you, it. You, you know? say that a lot. Why do you think Thurman's going to retire? Because the dude doesn't love boxing. He's not into it. How do you it's, know it's that? Evident. Everyone How do you talks know that? about it. it you, you could tell. Because the guy goes to Nepal and gets married and he fights once a year. Hey, lo- love. Yeah, because love he does be- that. Because he's not. Because he's not fighting multiple times a year. Because he's fucking like uh, in a Buddhist temple for half the year. All right. Well, I could respond and destroy you, get you on the ropes. Please do. But please do. I really throw- like Keith too. I just like. I wish he fought more. I really wish he fought more. I'm going to throw to uh, someone else here, White Ranger Rollins. He says that he can respond to you, so let's see what he's got to say. All right. If the criticism for Thurman is that he only fights once a year, first of all, that's only looking at the last two years. Second of all, we're talking about a fight with Sean Porter and a unification match with two undefeated fighters. So that's just funny. I know, Tweed, you love your Thurman hate. But... um realistically, he's going to want the payday that he's going to get against Earl Spence before he retires anyway. So I don't I don't really see that as being a realistic possibility that he would retire before he gets that. And you can't really hate on him coming back in a fight against Vargas either. It's a lot better opponent than realistically he could take. So the only criticism I'll have is if we're looking at like the end of this year or the beginning of next year and he still finds another reason not to fight Spence. But I don't really see that happening with how the PBC schedule is going to play out. Well, also, one thing to throw in there is remember when Andre Berto made that tweet, I believe it was last year, that there's no more hiding, that there's no more excuses on the PBC side of things. And basically, the the gist of it was that Al Heyman is not playing with these guys anymore, and they will fight whoever he tells them to fight. And we got a lot of big fights last year, um, fights that we did want to see. And we're seeing it again this year where we open up the year and there's a slew of really good fights and we're going to get into which one is the best in a minute. But I do want to um, throw back to Orod who says he has speculation news. Well, not really like speculation, but just a theory. Uh, one name that I didn't see mentioned in there was Sean Porter. Oh, really? And I was kind of wondering what's going on with that since he fought in November. He's had some time to recover and like nowhere in the first half of the year has his name been thrown around or anything. Now, you're talking about Sean Porter as an opponent for Keith Thurman. No, just in general. Like, oh. you would think that since he's a marquee name for the PBC brand at welterweight like that, he would have, like, at least something named or a TBA, you know? Got it. I, I, I think that Porter will be back at some point, obviously. Um, and I think what they're really looking for is the right matchup for him. I don't think that they want to throw him in there with um you know i it, i don't see them giving him like this big fight you know he's not gonna fight thurman next he's not gonna fight spence i think possibly i mean he's in a no man's land if you really think about it he's not really at the level where he can fight for a title and at the same time i think the goal is to protect the guys who are fighters with titles until they can fight each other 
I mean, it seems really obvious that the, the plan is pay-per-view fight at some point in the future between Spence and Thurman. And I mean, let me ask you guys this. Is there a potential that Porter could throw that off? I mean, he nearly beat Thurman the first time around. I do <coughs> I do think that, but my theory was, what if that's one of the next names uh, that's going to go with Hearn? Oh, he that's had, an interesting theory. Uh, and fighters have been calling him, and Porter seems like someone he could target. Is there any British people here that want to respond to that? Because, you know, Eddie Hearn is near and dear to your hearts. That's Eddie Hearn's number one fan. I haven't heard any rumor of Sean Porter, but he'd be a great name for the matchroom USA stable. What would be his move, really? Like, so obviously with Danny Jacobs, the, the, the option for a British fight is there between him and a Chris, or not a Chris Eubank Jr., um, a Billy Joe Saunders. And and I think there's reason to, to promote and build up a, a Danny Jacobs in the UK. But what is there for a welterweight at this point, and especially one such as Sean Porter? Well, you're right. He's a dangerous guy. They have got Khan and Brooke, but I definitely don't think uh, either of them would want Porter. Definitely not. That would throw off a, a build-up fight. I don't think he'd go to match room uh, USA just because uh, go, leaving PBC fucks up his uh, fair and chance for that rematch. I mean, unless the, the option is Amir Khan, and mm. I don't see Khan taking that fight with Sean Porter. It's just not smart, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think either guy wants that fight any of the welterweights in their matchroom stable will want that fight. All right, let's move on. I wanted to, and so I think this will be a more open-ended question for you guys to pop in. Um, which one of these fights to you is the one you are most excited for? The one that if we were going to give out free tickets, this is the one that you would want to go to? Badu versus Adonis. Badu versus Adonis. Badu Jack versus, that. that's a very, very strange way to say his name. But what is your reasoning, justification, or just why? Uh, Badu is the man, but he can also get hit. And Adonis, Adonis is a big puncher. So either, either way, that fight probably doesn't go to the end. And it'll probably be an elevated fight. I think momentum will swap back and forth. But it, it depends how good Adonis is. He's, his last couple of years sheltered up might have, uh, you, you know what I mean? We might not have seen what he's got. But I'd like that fight for Badu. All right. Now, we got a counter here. Okay. So somebody disagrees with you and possibly has a fight that they think is better. So welcome back, White Ranger Rollins. That's obviously not his real name, but that's what his name says here. That is my real name, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. Well, uh. yeah, you got one of th th those kind of parents. <laughs> um, but no, if the question is, what um, if we were giving away free tickets, where would you want to be? Uh, the answer would definitely have to be uh, Wilder Ortiz and Charlo Centeno. Um, I think both of them are awesome fights. I think both of them will probably end with fireworks. And um, realistically, uh, Charlo will be the f slight favorite, but I think they're both fights that could go either way and will probably end with fireworks. So that'd be my choice. This one is the one that I lean to, and you, you, you kind of uh, spelled it out pretty, pretty succinctly there. So Wilder Ortiz you, is a great fight. You know, You get to see who's real. You got Wilder, who's the young up-and-coming guy. Well, not that young anymore, I guess. He's old by, or getting old by boxing standards. And then Luis Ortiz, who's great, talented, and off the sauce, and looks 100 years old. If you haven't seen the pictures, if you haven't seen the pictures from today's upfront, Luis Ortiz looks very old. I just want to put it at that. But Charlo versus yeah, Centeno yeah, is a great yeah. fight. 
Centeno's the kind of guy that you can beat on him for nine rounds, and in the tenth, he's going to knock you out. I mean, just one of those guys that I don't even think he's got a lot of crushing power, but he just knows how to counter, and he's willing to take that risk that can um, stop or knock a guy down and change the complexion of a fight. Um, Tony is saying that Luis Ortiz is his grandpa's age. Well, that's probably just no. You're, you've got me. You've got me going. Um, let's go back. Get back on topic. I don't want to talk about your family. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Does, uh, does anybody disagree? Does anybody have a different card that they think or a fight that they think clearly is better than the ones that we've mentioned so far? I'm excited about uh, Broner and Figueroa because I've been I was following Figueroa for the longest time before he took like like two year two years off, and I'm just really curious how he do against Broner. So to me, watching the the upfront, it looked like Omar Figueroa was about 170 pounds. Now, naturally, that would not be a big deal if the opponent is Adrian Broner, who's like looking like 175 pounds. But Broner didn't look anything more than 160. They're fighting at 140. Figueroa looked massive. He's taller than Broner, Broner and clearly bigger. Is there any concern you have that this is not going to be a 140-pound fight as it states on the on basically on the on the website or whatever? I feel that I feel that fight's going to be moved to like 144 or something like that, somewhere between welterweight. Yeah, I I just don't see this fight like these guys. Well, Broner we know can make weight. He he came in even under the limit for the Garcia fight. But I don't trust that Figueroa can drop down to 140 after having not made that fight or that weight in how long? I mean, somebody get on BoxRec. How long has it been since Omar Figueroa has actually made 140 pounds or anything close to it? So I know for that DeMarco fight, he came in on like what, 150? 151 for a scheduled, I believe, 140? Yeah, it was supposed to be like 140 and he came in like crazy 11 pounds at over. The last time he was under 140 pounds was 2014, 114 or 2014. That's a long time to, and, and, you know, he weighed 146 for Robert Guerrero, like congratulations. And he stopped him. Congratulations. But Robert Guerrero had very little left. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on the Lara versus Hurt fight? Because on Twitter, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that people love this fight. I just want to see Lara uh, be challenged. So I'm hoping Hurt could give him, more of a challenge that he's had recently. Well, realistically, I think if you look if you looked at the Trout fight, I mean, the first five rounds, I think I had it four to one um, Trout after five. Uh, so if you look at the comparison between Lara and Trout, uh, I give Lara a very good chance to outbox Hurd and then close to the end because I do think physically he can hold up to him a lot better than Trout could. You, I have a counter to that because I think that Hurd has a really good shot at winning this fight. So... Trout's success against Hurd was not the success that Trout normally has. He took the fight to him and fought toe-to-toe and outbanged him, which you don't see very frequently because Trout is a supreme boxer, you know? He's he, he's been he almost outboxed Canelo and some feel like he did outbox Canelo over 12 rounds. Tony, relax. I see you're getting very upset now. I know you're a big Canelo fan, but just settle down, okay? So Trout basically outboxed Canelo. He clearly outboxed Hall of Famer Miguel Cotto, something that only somebody as good as Saddam Ali's been able to do. So Trout, a supreme boxer, comes in and then chooses a completely different style, outbangs Hurd for five rounds before the size really started to take over. So 
I don't think the trout fight is an indicator of the success that Laura would have over Hurd. That doesn't mean that I'm saying that Laura won't win, but I'm saying if he's going to beat Hurd, it won't be in the way that Trout was beating him. My, my, my response to that would be then, what approach do you think Laura would take? Because I, I think that it would look largely similar. Uh, the same approach that he typically takes in fights. He's going to run a marathon. The only way that, and this is kind of Hurd's MO so far, is that Hurd basically absorbs punches, waits for guys to gas. I mean, basically, the if you watch the UFC fight this weekend, that's what Hurd does. He waits for the guy to gas the, like they did in the main event and then just does what he needs to do until he stops the guy. Trout had nothing left and then Hurd walked him down. And Hurd isn't even, I don't even think Hurd is a huge puncher, but as a bigger guy, he just wears guys down. And over time, he's getting stoppages because he, he can outlast these guys. And I think in the event that he beats Laura, it's going to be because Laura is getting tired of running around the ring, backing away, and Hurd's going to start landing bombs on him. If I am in Hurd's corner, what I am telling him is that the first several rounds of the fight, four to five rounds, there needs to be a sustained body attack. Even if he loses those rounds, there's got to be a body attack. Slow those legs down and um, soften him up for a stoppage later because really... He ain't outboxing Laura. We all know that. I mean, if there is somebody here that thinks he can outbox Laura, you need to speak up, and then we can get you some help. I'm uh, certainly not that person, but you, you well, I just don't see the evidence that Laura is going to get stopped. I'm, I'm saying that in the event that Hurd wins, it will be a stoppage. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Not that uh, he, it's going to happen. Say this. Uh, this is like the, probably the best opponent Laura's had in a couple years because – Pretty much looking at the box wreck, he had Terrell, Yuri Foreman, a shot, Vonis, Jan Sevier. Wow, that was like almost prime Vonis at that point. Like, I'm, Delvin, I'm, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you, but that's, that's pretty harsh. I don't know. Last good appointment, I think it was Canelo. That was 2014. After that, like I'm saying, Ish, Ishay Smith, Delvin Rodriguez. Yeah, no, you, you definitely have evidence there. That Laura, we have not seen Laura tested against somebody young, hungry, good in a very long time. I, I feel like if Hurd could somewhat copy the Angulo style, but tweak it a little bit where he's not taking 20 unanswered punches like Angulo was, that he'll have a I good thought that shot. was the Angulo style. <laughs> well, his style was wearing him down pretty much as Hurd always does. Body shots, walking him down, just staying on Lara, like cut off the ring. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, I think there's a, a good shot. I mean, and there's also the the fact that Lara's getting up there in age. Um, and the moment uh, a guy who relies on their legs starts to lose their legs, uh, things don't go so well. Uh, let's let's switch topics. So I, I, there's two fights I, I think that we need to talk about. Um, and the first one being the one that I'm most excited about is Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Mars 2. Does anybody have an argument that this is not a good fight? Uh, I would argue that I don't really think it needed a rematch. Why I do you think, think that, that it did have a rematch, though? I think because it sells, more or less. Yeah. Because, because I th basically, I think Santa Cruz clearly won the first fight, and I think he'll clearly win the second fight. Do you, do you think with the... so? You can either you can answer this or any of you guys can answer this. But here, here's something I was thinking about earlier. So it's true 
Santa Cruz won the fight, and he won it pretty clearly, the first one, after a rough start. You can't deny that the start to the first fight was a little rough. Now, heading into this uh, rematch, we have two completely different fighters. We have not seen Ab the same Abner Mars. Abner Mars no longer bangs. I mean, he's he's actually developed himself into a pretty competent and nice counterpuncher. And or not counterpuncher, boxer puncher. And Santa Cruz has developed himself into a, a guy who can box on the outside, who can pick his spots and doesn't need to bang. We've now seen that these two guys are way better than they were at that point because at, at that point in the first fight, what we knew about Santa Cruz was he would just throw more punches than you. And it was clear to a lot of people, I think, and if you disagree with this, let me know, that prior to the Frampton fight, we all thought that Santa Cruz would basically be outboxed by all the good fighters at 126. Gary Russell, Carl Frampton, um, Lomachenko even possibly, even though Lomachenko was still kind of early in his run at that point, it looked pretty obvious that he would get he would outbox Santa Cruz. And the list goes on, Oscar Valdez. But now we have a guy that we're pretty confident is going to beat all of those guys and who has beaten some of the, those guys. And then Abner Mores, on the other hand, is not that guy who just comes in and bangs and then gets knocked out or stopped. So I, I that's what that's what has me pretty excited about this fight is this is not the same fight that is that we saw the first time around. There's It's going to be a lot more cagey. There's going to be a lot a higher level of skill on display because let's face it, that first fight didn't have a lot of skill. These two guys were just swinging for the fences. There's no way to exit or mute the exit sounds. I think I have to do that on my end, but look, we're like almost 30 minutes in. So uh, at this point, we're uh, just going to we're going to roll with it. That sound is people entering and leaving um, the channel, which we use to, to discuss this. And if you want to know how you can get involved in this next time we do this, it's easy. Discord, hit us up on Twitter. We'll get you the link. You can come in here. You can chat it up with us at any time. You can do the podcast. If we do, we'll see how this responds. If this does good numbers, we'll do it again. Okay, now we got dudes fight, challenging each other to fights. This is cool. Uh, I'm not an MMA casual, by the way. I'm a UFC casual. I don't know anything about MMA. Let's talk about also um, Bartholomew Relic. Oh, nobody, huh? Nobody wants to talk about that? All right. Talk about what? Francis is terrible. There you go. Francis is terrible. Now, I, I'm of the opinion that Rancis Bartholomew's kind of like his problem is that he's in the wrong weight class. He belongs at 135. At 140, it's clear he has no advantages that he enjoyed at 135. And the guys that he's trying to outbox now are easily able to exploit his holes defensively with shots that can hurt him. Anyone else that has any questions, they want to voice some opinion. Well, I wanted to ask you, um, how do you think Stevenson and... Jack is gonna play out. All right, so I, this this one is a cool fight, I think, uh, because if Badu Jack avoids getting knocked out within the first few rounds, I think we've seen from experience that Stevenson has lost steam in fights as they go on. Naturally, a lot of um, power punchers they lose steam as the fight goes on. I think if he can avoid getting stopped early. Um, Jack is going to win this because if you think about it, who who's going to throw more punches? It's going to be Badu Jack. Who's going to land more punches then? It's going to be Badu Jack. 
Who's going to do the actual damaging shots and wear him down? It's going to be Jack. Jack's going to outwork Stevenson if the if this fight goes longer than six rounds. And at that point, I think it's really clear that Stevenson has to knock him out to win. He just will not do enough. I mean, he's Adrian Broner if Broner had a monster of a right hand. Broner doesn't. So Stevenson, if Stevenson don't knock him out, Stevenson's losing. The 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 title reign of Adonis Stevenson is over. Low place pound for pound number one gone. Too bad. So sad. Um, does anyone disagree with this? No, I think you're spot on about Badu. I think that even if he does get knocked down, he's shown the resiliency and like determination to come back and just pour it on even more. Yeah, that's Jay. Thank you, Jay. Anyone else want to agree with me? I think yeah, it's I time agree. for the belt to switch hands. <laughs> the dude gonna eat him. Yeah, I think now let's let's say you guys had a thousand dollars, and no, let's say you had ten thousand, all the money in the in the in the in the world, and you're gonna bet on one of these fights on the slate that PBC announced today. Which one? And you can't bet on the ones that already happened, so don't even try it. Which fight would you bet on? And you have to get the method of victory correct. Easy. Deontay Wilder by KO. Ooh, nice. Someone else? Say that, yeah. Ooh, so we yeah. got two oh. on Wilder by KO. Well, Santa Cruz by uh, unanimous decision versus Maris. I, I, I think that one is um, probably more of a sure thing uh, than Wilder, KO, Ortiz. Someone else? Is uh, going to say... Sorry, you guys both talk. So let's hear from Jay. Is Davis going to fight? He is going to fight, but we don't have an opponent announced yet. Ooh, I wonder if it's going to be Loma. No, don't. <laughs> Bob Arum is not letting Lomachenko fight off of ESPN ever. And the the rumor is that they're building up Lomachenko to get his own little top-ranked pay-per-view that can sell 60,000 buys or if that. But let's... Uh, let's uh, so, who do you think is the best? Like, pro- who do you think is actually going to be the fighter they put in him, put him in with? Um, for 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 Davis, yeah, the eliminator. Davis is going to fight Billy Dib. That's the eliminator that he needs to, or that's the opponent he needs to fight for the eliminator to get his IBF title back. Um, we'll likely see Tevin Farmer fighting for that belt in a little bit after Ogawa tested positive, and um. And likely maybe Tevin Farmer versus Javante Davis somewhere down the line. But back to the original question, um, you got $10,000 and you got to get the, the bet right. Which one are you betting on? We've had two for Wilder knockout of Ortiz. Wow. Do you really think Ortiz is going to beat Wilder? Well, I, I I never said anything, but that's two people said that. Uh, somebody else want to come in with a different pick? Yeah, I was going to say um, I would bet Lada gets another unanimous decision okay but you already said that wilder ko yeah but i'm thinking oh that's true well you have ten thousand. you can only put it on one like you're cheating uh okay uh ten thousand on wilder and then ten thousand pesos on lana (laughs) (laughs) all right uh somebody else want to go um we got charlo ko centeno charlo ko centeno leo you think Jamal Charlo will KO Hugo Centeno Jr. That's actually... The, Jamal, the Charlo brothers are going to be one of the most dominant forces in boxing for a couple of years to come, like a, probably around a decade to come. I got so agree when this that. happens, 
how many chairs do you see being thrown at the Charlos? I, don't I think that's going to be the, the crazier bet. I'm going to go with uh, when he knocks out Centeno, probably two. Two chairs. Okay. I, I definitely like all of your picks. Certainly, you guys all have good picks here. If I'm going to go with one of them uh, and you have to pick the method, it's for me, it's pretty clear that it's Spence versus the field knockout. You took mine. Oh, uh, you, you didn't speak up. I spoke up when everyone else uh, was talking at the same time. But, yeah, uh, I mean, that's almost certainly going to be that uh, mandatory, right, Ocampo? Yeah. Well, I, I don't that. care who it is. As long as it's not Terrence Crawford, as long as it's not Keith Thurman, and even then I still might go with it, it's going to be Spence stoppage of whoever he's fighting. I rock with that. 10, 10K, you'll probably only make like 50 bucks, but I'm down with it. Robbie, as our resident uh, gambler, or what, what would you say the odds would be at? <laughs> from the one I'm hearing, from the bookies, it's uh, you're looking at about uh, 1.5. Okay, so we're going to do decimals. All right, well, that the podcast yeah, just went off the rails. Minus 600. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get something back. I mean, if we're betting 10,000. All right. It's a, it's a lock. Safe investment. Wait, so are we not going to be betting on the chairs? Because that really should be a side bet. Uh, this this you are looking for the Royal Rumble podcast that we're gonna do after this, so hang tight. <laughs> are you kidding? The Charlos are Royal Rumble. They also cut the best promo. That's yeah, they exactly. Do. All right. So, any other things you guys want to say? Add in question, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, before we end this. Yeah. So let's say you know Triple G beats Canelo. Who is the next one aside from Saunders for him to face? It's Jamal Charlo, uh, without a doubt. It's not going to happen. Okay. Well, let's just say it does. Who do you guys see as Triple G's next opponent, not Saunders? Well, that's a very different question. So if we're asking who Golovkin's next opponent is if he beats Canelo, um, that's yeah. a very different opponent from who's the next guy that will be there to challenge him because those things, as we know in boxing, don't always go together. Who you should fight isn't always who you will fight. And... Um, I think it's Jacobs. I think Again? Eddie Hearn has the connection with um, Tom Loeffler. I think they they will give Jacobs a, a rematch because, one, that's a pay-per-view f- uh, fight. They prove that they can sell a pay-per-view. There's a lot of people who think that Jacobs, at, at the minimum, did enough to earn a draw with Golovkin. Um, Jacobs looks like he's getting better. Jacobs is um, a strong player powerful guy at middleweight. I think that's the natural opponent that they're going to put for Golovkin. But realistically, um, as well, Golovkin doesn't have that much time left boxing unless he wants to take a loss. And so we may not see Golovkin fight more than three fights, including this next Canelo fight. And that's just because of age and the risk. You know, as you move up and you're fighting on pay-per-view, the risk gets higher if you're going to continue to fight guys that fans want you to fight versus, you know, Andre Berto or Brandon Rios. Well, here's a question. Do you think he still has the power to, like, knock someone out or put him down? Because he certainly didn't do it to Canelo. Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. I, I think, one, when you get to the elite level, as Golovkin is now, I mean, li- really, Golovkin has not fought too many elite opponents at, to this point in his career. Um, and the two guys that he did they were fine with this power because at this level, you got to punch hard and you got to be able to take a shot. 
Otherwise, you get knocked out. I mean, this isn't like the UFC where you're uh, Francis Ngannou and you have your first experience in the biggest stage of your career and then you lose. So these guys are tried, true, tested, and Golovkin's power is still there. I mean, if he fought Curtis Stevens or David Lemieux, he'll feel it. I mean, when he fights Saunders, it's likely going to be a decision fight. I don't think he's going to be able to knock out Saunders the way he did Dave, Daniel Gill. So You really don't think he's going to be able to hurt Saunders? He might be able to hurt him. But with Saunders' movement, Golovkin's going to really need to be on his game with his legs to trap him, to hunt him down like he's shown that he can do in the past, and to stop him. But I don't necessarily see that um, it's like clear-cut he's going to stop Saunders. You know, it's clear that Spence is going to stop someone next, but I don't think so. Um, we got to move on. We need to talk about Thurman Pacquiao according to White Ranger Rollins. So, what do you what what's the point of you bringing that up? Is that a real possibility, or is that something that was just floated and via nonsense? That was nonsense. I, I I so earlier in the day when we were talking about who Thurman was going to fight, I threw out Pacquiao's name, you know, just because I like to mess with these guys. I have no inside evidence or proof that that's going to happen, and um, yeah, it's not happening. But you know, hey guys, maybe uh maybe it will. But really, realistically, why why would you put Thurman in the ring with Pacquiao? What do either guy stand to gain? So Pacquiao stands to gain CTE, further further CTE, right? I mean, at this point in his career, does he really need to be in these fights? It's a lot safer than fighting Jeff Horn. Well, that's because of headbutts. <laughs> realistically, though, if Thurman could get that fight, it would be a great fight for him. But yeah, obviously, there's no chance of that happening unless... Something changes. Pacquiao's a a great scalp to have on any of these guys' records. I think everyone's looking for Pacquiao. But, but what do you gain at this point? Pacquiao gets cashed and he's gone. All right, one at a time, guys. So Robbie and then Tony. Sorry, Pacquiao uh, just needs to cash out now. He knows he's got nothing in the tank. He's losing to Jeff Horn. And then I was gonna say for either guy, it's a good name to have on your resume. You know, Pacquiao ending his career with. A win over Thurman, and then Thurman with the win over Pacquiao. It's just it's good for both. I think that if anyone stands to gain anything, it would be Pacquiao. Not so much Keith Thurman. Uh, I think the star power that people are talking about, a lot of that faded away when Pacquiao lost to Horn. The the schooling by Mayweather, the knockout versus Marquez, that that star power faded a lot, and Horn really he really deflated it. Um, if Pacquiao stands to gain more in that he wins a unified title again and pretty much rides out on a high horse. If Thurman wins, he beats the old busted up vet. And if he loses, he lost to the old man. And this isn't the same Pacquiao from five, from like eight years ago. This isn't as good of a scalp as it used to be. That's That's a really good point. And then one thing I'll add is that there's a huge risk. Um, in the event that Pacquiao wins, now naturally, I, I don't think any of us is going to pick Thurman here. But if um, Pacquiao wins, this kind of derails PBC altogether. It derails everything because a lot is riding on Thurman. Whether you, you agree with that or not, a lot is riding on Keith Thurman. This guy is basically the face of PBC. He's been there from the start. He's been with Heyman from the start. He's a guy that made his name on HBO went to Showtime, and through all of it, he stood and remained undefeated. So 
that's that's a risk that if I'm PBC, like if we're gonna get like, I, there's a lot a lot of other things that you can do with Thurman. Um, there's a good question here. Who's more likely to fight a PBC guy, Saddam Ali or Jeff Horn slash Terrence Crawford? So that's a great question, but it's pretty obvious. Saddam Ali is promoted by Golden Boy, and they can talk all that they want, but until we see a Golden Boy guy fighting on PBC or against a PBC fighter, it, you cannot go with that. I, I think there's still a what lot. What about Canelo Chavez? Um, when you have an opportunity to get a, make a fight with um, with uh, Canelo, Canelo is extenuating circumstance. Well, money talks, and Saddam right, Ali right. it has no potential to 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 make the kind of money that say you make with Canelo. Like what PBC fighter is going to make a fight that generates that kind of income with a with a golden a golden boy fighter apart from their middleweights who can fight Canelo. Because that obviously makes the point. Oh yeah, none of them. By the way, who does Golden Boy have? They're pretty thin right now, I think. As a money spinner? Yeah. Nobody. Okay. I mean, I got I got an Adrian Broner quote on the soundboard that isn't loading up because something's wrong with the website. But basically, ain't nobody getting paid over there. There ain't you go. Ain't nobody getting checks over there. There you go. There you go. Thank you. I feel like they're, they're writing on JoJo Diaz too much, but he does not move the needle for me, at least. They are babying JoJo Diaz so badly, and it might be because of his stupid-ass nickname. Well, let's. I, I don't want to go here because people are going to think that this is like, oh, wow, you guys just, you know. The Golden Boy Hate Podcast. And we just or, talked about PBC, just, and you know it's either or in boxing. Well, are, we're yeah, we're it's just, like you can't be about, a fan of everyone. Weren't we just talking about opponents for Ali? Is that that's yes? Well, the a likelihood of Saddam Ali fighting on PBC. It's obviously Jeff Horner, Terence Crawford, um, and that would be like a joint venture. And it's uh, why are you saying Jeff Horn? It's it's Terence yeah. Crawford, okay? Ter- Jeff Horn. Jeff Horn is gonna lose to Terence Crawford badly, and then we're all gonna be like, "What happened to Jeff Horn? He's got math class. He's gonna be teaching." And I and I think uh, so. Uh, we have somebody in the chat saying uh, Ali will go to England and lose naturally, because it's very hard to get a decision in England unless you know you're Javante Davis and you finish things inside the distance. Uh, Tony's got a Pacquiao question. That's cool. Tony, what do you got? Um, yeah. So let's say Pacquiao decides he has one last fight in him. Who could he fight that he hasn't fought before that would be a good competitive fight that would leave make him leave on a high note if he won conor mcgregor <laughs> nice yeah does anyone else have a, a suggestion for pacquiao for pacquiao that that's competitive Mike Alvarado. Uh, okay I, I i'll go let with him that. let him take that easy soft touch against mike alvarado who's on his comeback tour from rehab take it to somehow <laughs> I don't know why they're going to do that in Mexico, but right. whatever, do it there. Sell out sell out an arena. Pacquiao gets paid. Mike Alvarado gets paid and his ass beat. And there, there you go. Pacquiao's out on a high note. He takes the Marquez route. Well, that would quite literally be a high note, given his name is Mile High. Um, this isn't uh, – by the way, guys, this wasn't supposed to be a, a Ask Questions podcast, but whatever. Um, someone asked – has anyone asked about Andre Ward coming back yet? I don't know about that. I really don't know. 
So Ward, on one hand, seems like the kind of guy that when he says something, he means it and he sticks with it. Uh, evidenced by the... Irish, so he means a lie. Okay, um, cool. He, but, he hasn't said anything yet, right? You, you know what I mean? He, well, he tweets the, out. He alluded to an announcement coming. No, he well. So let's actually look at what he said, okay? Because people have a tendency to do this. Someone says something and then they respond to what they think they're trying to say, okay? So what did Andre Ward mm -hmm. actually say? He tweets out a pic or that he weighed in last night at one ninety nine pounds. All arm the muscle. I promise. I've been working. And then he tweeted out afterwards a picture of him like thinking or something listening to somebody <laughs> uh pondering his next move in chess we're working on something special well that's I just got a question what when are they filming creed 2 i mean that that could I, first of all i'm not like that's in hollywood so i can't answer that <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just saying like people jumped at all these conclusions I'm yo just... andre ward is gonna be like the celebrity host of uh, the contender maybe um you know he could be getting the commentary commentator spot on espn you it could be something with shakur stevenson prince charles martin sorry one more time do you think he'll move up the heavyweight and fight prince charles martin no any other uh stupid um predictions guys or questions yes. about who uh, he'll fight let's let's see how, how crazy you guys can get i'm thinking uh the reason ward has gained his weight is because maybe in the creek two he might be the like the first opponent for the son of um, the Russian guy, whatever his name was, Drago. Ooh. Because the guy they casted as Drago, as, as Drago's son, is a pretty big guy. So Ward probably has to buff up to look like a legit opponent for him in the movie. Yeah, and, and Michael B. Jordan isn't like a tiny guy either. Ward reprises his role as that uh, that fighter that beat up Michael B. Jordan in the beginning. Um, yeah. It's possible. Okay. It's possible. I mean, Michael B. Jordan, he's six feet tall. Um, he's Danny a big guy. Um, okay, well, hopefully you can get an upgrade on your internet at some point in the future so you don't sound like a robot when you talk. If it's boxing, though, who, who does he fight? Does he go get a belt? If it's boxing, it's clear that he's going to fight Roy Jones and the winner gets to be the HBO commentator. That would be a legit fight. No, um, if he if he does come back, I, if he does come back, it will be for a spectacle fight. I don't think Ward would come back and want to go on another two, three year long. Because think about it, if you're coming back to make a run in, in a division, that's not just you come in fight for a title. That's usually not on the cards. So he would have to um, commit to the division for two to three years. Because that's how long it takes to get your bearings. And we've seen from Ward, this guy's pretty clinical or or methodical where he's going to want tune-up fights. He's going to want to prove to himself that he can do it. And so I think if he comes back, it will be for in a kind of fight that he doesn't – like it's a one-off. So you're talking about Tony Bellew. You're talking about someone like that. In that situation, I can see it coming back. And really, Tony Bellew is the only fight that I can see him coming back to make. Wait, you don't see him Usyk? No. Usyk's tied up for the next year. If Ward is working on coming back, he's like, how is he going to make that fight with Usyk if Usyk's got Bradis coming up this weekend and then he's got the final at some point later in the year? So that's off the table. That final's in May, isn't it? Um, we'll see. It's going to be Latif Coyote versus Andre Ward. 
Um, I I would take Ward by knockout in that fight. It's a good little test for cruiserweight, at least I think. Who's a star in UFC that's around two hundred pounds? John Jones, Daniel Cormier, but they're like big buddies. Cor- Cormier uh, yeah, has. That's what Cormier- I was thinking of. That I was Dude. trying to remember his name. Sorry, uh, Cormier. I'm sorry, but we got to get into MMA now. So I'm going to tell you guys right now. Cormier cannot fight. That guy can't fight. He can wrestle, <laughs> okay. but he can't fight. That guy's okay, he's awful. And I don't care what you guys say. I saw that guy fought fight this past weekend. And I'm not saying that he wasn't great at some point, and I'm sure he has a great like background, but he looks like a guy that's too old now. He looks like a guy that was great at one point. And I've seen both of his fights with John Jones. He got schooled. Pound for pound, who has the best dad bod? Cormier or Tony Bellew? Oh God. No, yeah. I would okay. actually say Cormier, Tony Bellew. Actually whoop people's ass. Sorry, what was that? said Cormier because he can actually whoop people's ass. Tony Bell, you beat up on David Hay? With the torn Achilles, but whatever. Don't get me started on that Tony Bell, you fight, please. Okay, well, so listen, um, I think we've gone long enough. So so thank you guys for jumping in um, and being a part of this. I'm going to edit it out so you guys all sound really cool and like you guys really know what you're talking about, okay? So any of you that came in like stuttering and fumbling – you're going to be like, who is that guy? Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, White Ranger. I forgot that you're a huge Daniel Cormier fan. I take back everything I said. He is a great fighter, and I'm pretty sure that both of those times he was robbed against John Jones. The ref stopped it too soon too. Um, so anyway, guys. Okay. Well, um, so – We will be back in a few days with our regularly scheduled podcast. If you haven't already, you should subscribe to the podcast. You should like stuff. You should retweet it. You should share it. We're going to have a giveaway soon. Tickets to a fight. Like, this is exciting. This is a first for us. We haven't given away anything. Subscribe, like, and we will be back shortly. Too